The Night Owl Podcast, Episode 39, The Stowaway Spirit, Part 1. Welcome to the Night Owl Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Ballou, and this is a place for all your restless spirits out there to tune in and hear true tales of the paranormal. I hunt these stories down, capture them from the mouths of those who've experienced them, and share them with you, right here. We're currently looking for more personal ghost stories or haunted locations, so if you or someone you know has one, please submit it to us for consideration. Go to thenightoutpodcast.com, click on the Submit Your Story page, and let us hear your ghost story. In December of 2019, husband and wife Lucas and Whitney began a new chapter of their life in a new home they purchased in Austin, Texas. They had their first baby on the way, and Whitney's sister Erica was transitioning with them until she could find a place of her own. But with a new baby arriving, and an unexpected pandemic unknowingly about to hit our country, Whitney and Lucas were about to face one of the most challenging times of their lives. Fleeing New York during the pandemic, Lucas's sister Abby would soon move in as well and the four residents would start to experience a growing number of strange happenings. Falling objects, ominous feelings, phantom smells, and strange sounds coming from the baby monitor were just a few of the things that everyone in this household began witnessing. Join me as I dive into preliminary interviews and begin investigating the details of this new residential haunting that happened at the very start of the COVID-19 pandemic. Stay tuned. Once again, Night Owls, I'd like to thank Athletic Greens for sponsoring this episode. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash night owl. Okay, night owls, we may need your help with something come May 4th. So in the past, we've been nominated each year for best podcast in Austin, Texas by a local publication here called the Austin Chronicle. If we are nominated this year, you will be able to vote for your favorite podcast from May 4th through May 15th, and winners will be announced on June 15th. So... If we make it, please go and vote, and we'll be announcing that obviously on social media, on my Patreon page, and I'll also blast it out on our newsletter. But be sure to get those votes in if we make the ballot, because it's a tremendous help to our show in getting that award. Thank you so much. Visit vote.austinchronicle.com to monitor the ballot and vote for us if you see us on there. Thank you. If you aren't already a Patreon supporter, please consider joining at patreon.com slash thenightoutpodcast. In exchange for a small monthly donation, you gain access to exclusive videos, audio, interviews, behind the scenes, live streams with myself, Sarah, and Alexis, venue walkthroughs, and more. To gain access and become part of our Night Owl patron family, just go to patreon.com, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com, slash the Night Owl podcast. Lastly, I'm excited to announce our new Stay Restless Mineral Wash tees are printed and in my hands. Thanks to Old Boy Print Shop for helping us get those made promptly. I'm going to be processing all these orders and shipping them out at the end of April and at the beginning of May. If you pre-ordered one, you'll be receiving an email with the tracking number as soon as it's shipped. We won't have many, if any, extras for sale, but if we do, I'll announce that first on Patreon, then to the public after shipments go out. And keep your eyes peeled for some new merge items in the works. We're planning a cool new tank and a snapback cap for this summer. Stay tuned. On January 6, 2022, I received a submission on our online form on our website. 
It was in the form of a voicemail from a woman named Whitney. I'd just begun getting back into some cases, but things had ramped up again with COVID, so we weren't able to take many cases in public buildings at the moment. So I decided to look into this one a bit more. As far as evaluating which cases we prioritized, this one checked a few boxes. It had multiple eyewitnesses, a wide range of activity, a physical sighting, and most importantly, an infant seemed to have activity occurring around her, one in which the parents believed was a physical attack. So I wanted to jump on this and try to help if we could. Because things weren't as safe again with COVID-19, I knew I needed to start this case with phone interviews and reserve our in-person visit for when the whole team could make it out. What you're about to hear in the first part of this series are four phone interviews I conducted with the residents who were living in this home. Husband and wife Lucas and Whitney, Whitney's sister Erica, and Lucas's sister Abby, who fled from New York to live with them temporarily when things got really bad with the pandemic. First up, you'll hear Whitney kick things off. My husband and I, I was about eight months pregnant and we looking for a house, looking for a house. We ended up finding one like maybe a mile and a half from our last house. And we go ahead, we buy it. It's awesome. It's recently renovated. Three bedroom plus a den and two bathrooms. It's a single level house. It's got a garage. It's like one of those old school, you know, it was built in 74, 75. I think it was original owners. I'm not exactly sure actually, but it was like original owners. They left and then it was totally renovated down to the studs. And then backyard, that's just like a big steep hill and a big cedar in the front yard. We moved into this house in December of 2019. So I was due February 2nd of 2020. So when I had her at the end of January, we'd only been in here for two months. You know, I've been pretty sensitive to strange things happening. My mom, you know, was always kind of on the super sensitive, empathetic spectrum and grew up in a haunted house. So I didn't get that vibe when I got here at all. But also, you know, it's a newly renovated house. Who's thinking that, you know, you're kind of distracted. And then, uh, you know, the pandemic hit, COVID happened. Suddenly, I'm at home all the time. My sister was living with me. She's home all the time. Everyone's just home. So my name is Lucas. Um, I'm 34 years old, originally from New York and, and Baltimore. I spent most of my life um, in Baltimore. I moved to Texas with my wife, Whitney, about, I think we're going on six years, six or seven years this year. I'm a nurse and we started travel nursing a couple of years ago, brought us to Austin and made it through one winter here and decided we don't need to really go anywhere else. And as far as this paranormal stuff, you know, what kind of led us to contact y'all is, I think it started at the the last house we were living at, we were renting. We had been there for probably, I think we stayed there for about just over two years, maybe three years. And at some point toward, towards the end, maybe the last year we were living there, we started noticing a lot of weird stuff that we couldn't find explanation for. Um, I think it probably started with your typical electrical gremlins, like lights flickering and um, didn't really think too much of that. But uh, over the summer, in 2019, uh, we started having this really bad problem with flies getting in the house. I mean, I mean it was like movie-level amount of flies. Um, you know, we have dogs, and we had a little bit of maybe a quarter acre, but there wasn't any, like, crazy amount of 
of dog poop. There wasn't any rotting carcasses or garbage or anything. Not only that, but we were really diligent after we started noticing like this crazy amount of flies about keeping the doors closed, you know, making sure the windows were shut, um, no food out. Like we were, we were on top of it, but they were seemingly getting in somehow and they would all congregate on, on these windows and we'd lay these fly strips out on the windows and they would fill up in like half a day. It was gross. It was, it was awful. And then it became kind of concerning because this was going on for, for weeks. You know, we were just throwing up these massive amount of flies. And like I said, we sealed up the doors, made sure that they really had no way to get in. But seemingly we would wake up and there would be, so that was kind of creepy. And all, all while this was going on, um, I, I noticed I was waking up uh, about 3 a.m. Con- consistently and just feeling kind of uneasy. Uh, sometimes I'd be having bad dreams, but I would wake up like a split second before my dogs would wake up and they would start growling uh, and just kind of looking outside and, and sometimes barking. And like I said, this was consistent a couple times a week at the same time. And, you know, I was having bad dreams and it just, uh, I was just feeling kind of uneasy. And we went back to Baltimore to visit one of my friends and we're telling this stuff to him and his mom. Um, and his mom kind of just stopped and said, you know, this is, this is bad. This is definitely something, some kind of presence that, that you don't want there. You know, if your dogs are noticing it too. And, you know, I was like, yeah, I, that makes sense. So she gave us, um, she, she was a very religious woman, gave us this bottle of anointing oil that she had and said, when you get home, before you even go in the house, put, you know, put the sign of the cross on your heads, your dogs, and in any entryways. And we did, and it stopped. I mean, the next day, I mean, we didn't notice any more flies in the house. There were no more weird dreams, no more waking up. It, felt, it just felt a lot better. It felt a lot more calm. So that was, that was good, but it was also kind of freaky because it, it confirmed, you know, I'm open-minded to that sort of stuff and whatever it was, I wasn't, I wasn't okay with, you know, hanging around our house. So it was good, but it also kind of just freaked me out that like, what the heck was making its presence known, you know, in our, in our place. So anyway, I think the rest of that year was okay. But when we bought, we ended up moving in December of that year, 2019. So we're packing up, moving, and we moved um, Whitney's nightstand in the bedroom. And there was just this black stain on the wall um, in like the shape of her nightstand kind of inexplicable I have the same one on my side and that was fine you know we moved it was just this weird stained outline I don't have any idea what it was or what caused it but that was another weird sign and I don't know I, I don't know if it was related but it definitely made me scratch my head and it, it was a little bit um, ominous So my name is Erica, and I am Whitney's sister, and um, I decided to make a big move, and I didn't want to do it alone. My sister and her husband, Luke, were generous enough to let me stay at their house. So in 2019, I moved to Texas from Minnesota, and that began our journey of a bunch of weird stuff with Whitney and Luke. And um, there were a couple instances at their first house, you know, that kind of made me think, oh, you know, this is kind of creepy, but they bought a house a couple months after, and I was like, oh, okay, sweet. New house, new start. It's so nice. I remember the first thing that happened, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was sitting in my office, my baby's sleeping, and 
in my office, I've got like a bookshelf and on top of the bookshelf, there's crystals and an ankh and, you know, all sorts of spiritual tchotchkes, if you will. And I sit there on the computer and I hear something fly off the shelf behind me because I'm facing the wall. So behind me, I hear something fly off the shelf and hit the ground. And I'm like, what? I turn around, I'm like, what was that? What? And I look and there was this big giant gold ring that I had up on that shelf that had just flown off, hit the sidewall and fallen on the ground. And when it's broad daylight, I mean, you just, you're like in shock and your brain is like trying to process what happened. And I just grab my baby and I'm like, oh, I think it's time to go on a walk now because I just couldn't comprehend what had happened. I thought it was so strange. And there was other weird stuff, too, that happened during that time. Weird sounds, uh, you know, with no explanation. Sound like things were just kind of crashing and you come out and there's just nothing disturbed. But when the pandemic started in March, uh, my sister, Abby, left New York to come stay with us because obviously that was just kind of a, a shit show. Uh, so my name is Abby. I am Luke's sister, um, Whitney's sister-in-law. At the beginning of 2020, I rang in the new year uh, in New York City, actually. I just moved there um, in December 2019 uh, to pursue my career in dance. Um, And that got abruptly shut down, as did many people's lives uh, during that time. So I was sitting on my stoop in Brooklyn, and I was like, I don't really want to be alone for whatever is about to happen. Um, And so I called my brother and he uh, invited me to stay with him, him and his wife, Whitney, uh, in Austin. So that's how I ended up staying with them for a couple of months, I think. And uh, she was staying in our office. And one night we heard this loud crash and all the well, not all this stuff, but a, a whole bunch of things from our bookshelf just seemingly flew off the um, the top of the bookshelf and landed kind of by where she was sleeping. One morning, she's like, this is kind of weird. I was like, what? She's like, you know that bookshelf you have with all those stuff on it? I was like, yeah. And she's like, it all just like flew off last night. She's like, I thought it broke. And she's like, but I got up and I turned the light on and the shelf wasn't broken. So I was staying there, and I brought my cat, Layla, with me. This must have been March. Yeah, March 2020. And so I was I was air mattressing it uh, in their space that was their office at the time. And during that time, I was also a little bit more, I have like sort of a touch-and-go relationship with meditation. <laughs> um, so I was a little bit more like on my on my practice in terms of doing that more regularly. And this started to happen, I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago, where uh, as I sit in meditation, sometimes I can almost, I know it sounds maybe weird, but um, it's almost like the letting go of having to sit perfectly still. There's just like a little bit of movement that sort of just uh, like happens in my body. Um, So around that time, that was sort of getting more uh, intense for me, I guess. I would sit and listen to guided meditations and I would get sort of this like um, swirling sensation is the best way I can describe it. Like my, my um, I guess, torso would move in sort of like small circles. And because I was 
you know, a guest in their house, I, I would do this in the room that I was sleeping in. So in that same uh, office space, would shut the door and meditate in there. And I would get sort of really, I don't know, uh, visual images in my meditation. And so one night, uh, I was dead asleep. <laughs> and they've got this, well, they had this bookshelf in there um, that had a bunch of different sacred items on the top of it. So on the top of this shelf, like, I can't remember specifics, but I don't know, things you might put on an altar, like a um, small statue of Buddha or things like that. And sort of, if I remember correctly, ran the gamut in terms of where these might come from, like not necessarily from one specific uh, cultural or religious like practice. So um, a ton of different stuff. And so I was dead asleep and I woke up because I heard this crash, this loud crash, and I sat upright and then I heard, I could hear my cat eating, (laughs) eating her dry food. And I thought it was really weird because in the split second, the way the room was set up, the bed was in the middle, um, the bookshelf was to my left, and then like I had placed my cat's food sort of on the other, the opposite end of the room of this bookshelf. So I was like, that's really weird. And I wish that I could say that it was her that knocked it over, but there would have been no way that she could have gotten over there been eating as if nothing happened and also I don't think she would have been not startled by by that noise as well um so I I turned the lights on and I found that they had this I guess like box of trinkets that had just completely flown off of the shelf and so the contents were spilled sort of all over the floor and I was really spooked by that I, I had never experienced something of that nature where, you know, like a physical object was moved or displaced. So that was, I don't know, kind of freaky. I was like, Angie didn't scream for help or anything. <laughs> She's like, I just pretend like it didn't happen and I put all those things back on the shelf. Um, sorry, it's all messy and yeah. And I was kind of thinking like, oh man, is there something on that shelf that's maybe got bad energy? Like, I'm open to that kind of thinking. Totally, definitely not thinking that there's a ghost. Like, I'm, I'm more, like, fixated on maybe there's an object or something I have. And these things are, like, so intense that there's something about your brain that's like, I can't dive into that right now. I need to, like, you know, the world's ending. Okay, I don't care if there's a ghost in my house. And so I picked up all the all the little trinkets and, and put them back in the box and put it back on the shelf. Um but then for the next few days, I had trouble going to sleep. I was just totally wired. So I was staying up until like 3 o'clock in the morning. And then 3 o'clock became like 5 o'clock in the morning. And then I just like wasn't sleeping. She's staying in our, our third bedroom. And sometime after our daughter Ruby was born, uh, same stuff started happening. You know, waking up in the middle of the night, just feeling kind of uneasy. Dogs seemed to be disturbed, um, bad dreams. I remember there was a, a couple nights where we were all having similar scary, violent, grotesque type of dreams. I can't really remember any of the details, 
but we'd sit and talk and like, you know, what the heck is going on? Why are we having these, these sort of dreams? Sometimes, too, my husband and I would have, like, these dark, dark dreams. And he would wake up, like, depressed. He's like, man, I had a nasty nightmare. Like, just really, sometimes he couldn't remember them, but I just remember him being like, the fuck is going on? You know? And I'm like, oh, great. Now we're being attacked in our sleep. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to do. That was really scary as well because it's hard to tell. It, it wasn't like there was a specific person or a specific energy. It was almost just like this cloud of darkness. So I know during, we moved in in December and then, you know, a couple months later, the pandemic happened and Lucas's sister, Abby, moved in with us. So we had a, a very full house and that feeling was always really nice, but there is always uh, this kind of feeling that you're always alone, like, but not in a good way. Like somebody's kind of watching you like through a peephole, like you're alone, but you're not alone. And it's always like a eerie stillness at their house, even if it's like filled with a bunch of people. It's always super still. And that's how it was at the house previously too. And I thought it was just that house and it was like coming here. But I think to backtrack a little bit, after that box had flown off the shelf, obviously the next morning I was like, hey, uh, this thing happened and that's really weird. <laughs> and uh, I, I think Luke and Whitney kind of confirmed like, yeah, some other weird things have been happening. And, and they had their own instances of some oddities that had happened in the house, but I think maybe didn't tell me up front because they didn't want to freak me out and I, and I know that Whitney's sister also had some of her own sightings as well collectively I think we were all like okay well something is going on here so then one night we're all sleeping and suddenly there's this loud bang I was laying in bed and we heard this bang that sounded like a gunshot and I think at the same time, my brother and I texted each other like, what was that? I was like, I don't know, you go look. I'm, that's freaky. Is someone in here? Like, what's going on? It's so loud. It wakes up everybody. I'm reaching in my drawer for a gun. My husband shoots up. He's like, what was that? I'm like, oh God, I have no idea. Someone's in the house. Like, it was just so loud. The dogs won't follow him, which is weird, you know, because usually the barking if someone's at the door. He goes out there, we had a guitar case, and it was fallen the opposite way and flown across the room and like just fell. My friend had left his guitar here and it was by the front door and we heard this loud crash and it had been flipped over um, onto the floor. And I thought, oh, maybe it slid down the wall, but it was flipped over. I can't, I don't know if you can imagine if somebody like grabbed the neck of the guitar case and pushed it the opposite way, away from the wall. That's how it had landed, which was strange. I don't know, when when you prop something up against the wall, right, it's not totally out of the question for it to, to fall over, but usually, or what you would expect to happen, I think, would be that it would sort of slide down, but it had fallen over as if someone, like it tipped over. So the top of the guitar case was farthest away from the wall, like as if it was pushed. And so I thought that was really weird because at that time everybody was in their, in their own room. There was no 
no pets roaming around or anything. So that freaked me out also. It was one of those things that's at the middle of the night. You're like, ah, what do I do? Like, do I suddenly pick up smoking or something to, like, relax? You're scared and you're anxious. Got a new baby. You're like, ah, it's nothing. And the next thing is, like, I got up one night to nurse my baby. And I I woke up and I was like, God, Lucas, stop smoking. I'm like, wait, Lucas doesn't smoke. And I was, I just like stared into the abyss of the darkness and was like, oh my God, what? You know, it smells like a bar in here or something. I was petrified because you're in the dark and then you smell something that is just impossible. Like no one in the house smokes. There's no, I don't have neighbors that smoke. It's just like the windows are closed. What? And I, that really freaked me out. I had no idea what to do. Um, I couldn't sleep for the rest of the night because how do you get rid of a phantom smell? I have no idea. So I called a shop. I'm from Minneapolis originally. And I called a shop that my mom had gotten help from like a long time ago. And I talked to the shop owner about, you know, what to do. And she wasn't, she was like, well, open up all the windows and burn sage. You know, sometimes energies get stuck and they're stagnant. I was like, okay, it just wasn't, it felt like a little bit more of a brush off, but I'm sure like her store was closing because of COVID and she's like, okay, I don't have time for this. Uh, one day I woke up and I said, I asked Erica, you know, I was like, did you have any weird dreams? And she said no and proceeded to, you know, make breakfast and pour her cereal. And then she stopped and she said, but I did see a face in my closet. And I was like, what are you talking about? You saw a face. And she said, yeah, I, I woke up. And I looked in there, and I just saw a face kind of hovering in there, and I pulled the sheets up over my head and just went back to sleep. And that that just made my stomach drop because, you know, I thought we had escaped from whatever kind of entity or energy was uh, at at our old house. And, uh, you know, that made me concerned, especially having a daughter now, what kind of energies or, or, you know, spirits or poltergeisty stuff followed us. So that kind of, again, confirmed all this weird these weird uh, synchronicities we were having with our dreams and just that uneasy feeling of waking up in the middle of the night. I can't remember exactly if my experience was before or after Abby's. All I know is, like, I just never mentioned it, and then they started talking about their experiences, and we had just all gone to bed one night like normal, and uh, there's a closet in my room on the left-hand side, and my bed kind of faced it. And I always slept with the closet door shut because I freak myself out a lot. So I just keep everything shut and everything nice on TV on. And I fell asleep with the closet door open. And so I woke up randomly just to like restart my Netflix because I like to sleep with the TV on. And something like just drew my eye to the closet. And I look and I notice I find myself like leaning forward in bed and squinting like really hard trying to see and I just like I see this kind of outline of a face you know about three feet high kind of where there really isn't anything in my closet besides maybe like dangling t-shirts but you could see those and I was just like squinting and I'm looking at it and it's you know kind of a pale nudish color and then I just realized like what am I doing why am I doing this I'm going to turn over 
and uh, go to bed and went back to sleep. And I just, I didn't think about it again. I didn't mention it. I'm kind of used to seeing that kind of stuff, especially in my childhood. So I just kind of keep it in my mind and move on. And then Whitney and Luke and Abby were talking about their experiences and I told them about mine and they're like, oh my gosh. Kind of after that, I, I'm really good at just like buckling down and just like going to sleep and just <laughs> going throughout my day and like trying not to scare myself. But even to this day, like if I go over there and, you know, watch Ruby by myself, whether it's during the day or at night, or if I spend a night there alone to like watch her dogs, like I'm always creeped out. Nothing specific ever really happens but there's just like this eerie feeling of that you're in this quiet still house alone but something is watching you uh, i remember hearing you know dishes crash a couple times too and so clearly whatever uh presence you know was was here was was still active so at the time for whatever reason uh, when I had left New York, I passed a couple of uh, items that are sacred to me, you know, like a, a tarot deck, and uh, I had brought a pendulum made out of a uh, tiger's eye. And I was like, well, let me just let me just experiment. I don't know. Um, so this room and this shelf specifically where they have all these different um, spiritual sacred items, I decided to place the pendulum over each one individually, each item, and just see, I don't know, could I get a, a feel for, like, what's up with this shelf, basically, or, like, what's wrong, what, where is this energy coming from? Um, and so I, I used the pendulum over each item, and uh, for the most part, they, the pendulum swung in a, in a circle until I got to this statue, and I think it might have been uh, something that they had picked up on one of their travels, um, like from another country, and the pendulum stopped moving in a circle, almost stopped completely, and then began swinging back and forth. So I don't claim by any means to be like an um, awakened mystic or anything like that, but um, I just thought that was really odd. <laughs> and so we seemingly locating whatever object was was off in some sort of way. I remember we put, um, I think Whitney put the object outside, like on their driveway. I had like this weird vase from Chile that like a friend had got me and I'm like, I don't know, this feels kind of weird. Maybe I'll put this outside of the house and see if that does anything. I'm like, just grasping for straws, like whatever. And then she got some sort of bundle of herbs from a metaphysical shop, I think for banishing. And once she smudged the house, I think all of those instances stopped happening. Uh, at least they did for a while. Uh, our friends had brought back this little statue from Peru, and we're like, maybe it's that. So we put that outside, and nothing happened the next night. So we thought, okay, that, that must be it. Let's just throw it out. You know, all these things were kind of happening, like, just long enough for you to forget that something had happened. Um, and also, there's just no resources, really. I mean, it's kind of hard, you know, there's nowhere to go, no one to talk to. As you can see, the family had begun to notice that there was something unusual going on in their new home. Without many valuable resources to help them decipher what they were dealing with, 
They each in their own way were coping and trying small things to see if it could help alleviate the activity. But the occurrences were happening in pockets, so they weren't sure if removing the statue had completely resolved their issues or not. Sadly, they'd quickly learn that it hadn't. After this short break, I'll continue my interviews where Lucas and Whitney describe what continued to happen when both Erica and Abby had moved out of the home, and it was just them and their newborn Ruby left to experience whatever their house was about to throw at them. Stay tuned. Hey Night Owls, are you like me and constantly looking for ways to make yourself the healthiest version of you possible? Maybe you're taking a probiotic to promote better gut health, a multivitamin to boost your body's immune system, and other minerals and supplements to increase metabolism and energy levels? If so, I bet your pantry is as full of pill bottles and an assortment of shakes and powders like mine used to be. Why not do what I did and choose to make your life much more simpler by turning to AG1 by Athletic Greens to get all your health needs in one great tasting nutritional drink. One serving a day of AG1 eliminates the need for other supplements such as multivitamins, adaptogens, digestive enzymes, prebiotics, probiotics, and much, much more. I take AG1 once a day every day to give me the most comprehensive daily nutritional foundation I need to maintain a healthy body. AG1 provides nutritional support across five critical areas of health, energy, immunity, gut health, hormonal support, and longevity of life. Each of these 75 ingredients in AG1 were hand-selected to provide the most optimum health benefits possible and for their highest quality. AG1 is now part of my daily nutritional routine and has simplified my life tremendously. One scoop, once a day, every day, for all my nutritional needs. Once again, thank you to Athletic Greens for your amazing product and for your support of this show. If you're looking for a simpler and cost-effective supplement routine, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash night owl. That's athleticgreens.com slash night owl. Check it out. Weird things continued to happen um, after my sister went back to, uh, I think she ended up going back to Minnesota to live with my other sister. But I remember hearing things on the baby monitor. We thought maybe our daughter was crying, you know, a couple of times and we'd pick it up and look at it and she's passed out asleep. Um, you know, but you could hear this, like, this baby crying or, or talking on it that wasn't actually happening. My husband, we were laying in bed and got the monitor turned up all the way. He goes, did you hear that? And I was like, I was hoping that I was just on the brink of falling asleep and it was just some strange voice in my head. And he's like, no, that came from the monitor. And I was like, okay, so do we run in there screaming and pick up our baby? What do you do? And I think he ultimately went in and got her and brought her into our bed because he was like, that's that's not happening yet. We, we've definitely heard a voice on the baby monitor and I don't remember I'd have to ask him for specific details but I don't think we could you know like a whisper something that like barely blended into like you know the white noise static when the monitors turned on but um then my husband and I were sleeping baby's sleeping in her room in her bed and we're just like in bed drinking tea talking watching whatever and suddenly our baby just it's not just a cry, like she's got to pee or she's hungry. It is someone is hurting my child because it elicits this like 
absolute primordial response and you just want to fight someone, like kind of cry. And we both kind of freak out. He goes in there and he's trying to calm her down and she is not having it, which is not normal. Totally not normal. I am sitting in bed being like, I was like, did something bite her? Is there a spider in there? Like, is there a bee? I don't know. It's like the first thing I thought of was like those three things. Lucas, my husband, comes back in the room and he's like, I don't know. I was like, what do you mean? What's going on? He's like, something's not right. I was like, what do you mean something's not right? What do you mean by that? Like, I didn't know what he was thinking. He's like, I don't know. I just got a bad feeling about that. I was just like so angry because it was like, how dare you? You know, whatever it is. The next morning, I'm changing my baby's diaper and there is like a pinch mark on her butt. And my husband and I are like freaked out. He's like, did she fall on something? What happened? What happened the last two days? And I was like, I've been with her. We haven't gone. We have COVID. We haven't gone anywhere. We haven't done anything. And we were both like, this is not okay. It was the middle of the night and our, our daughter just yet let out this, this cry, this scream. And I was like, that's not good. You know, uh, I just, in the pit of my stomach, I felt like something woke her up. And she looked terrified. And the next day I know she had a bruise like on her, on her butt cheek, like something pinched her and then it went away. And that freaked me out because, you know, having your kids scream and, you know, just being used to their, the sounds they make, you know, when they're upset or they're hungry or they're tired or, you know, even when she got a, you know, if she would fall or something and get upset. This was way different. And I still haven't heard her yell like this. Uh, and then seeing that kind of bruise on her butt, like something pinched her, that freaked me out. You know, the next day I was like, oh, my God. I, I was hoping I was just being, you know, superstitious or whatever or, or or freaking myself out, um, but that kind of was like a confirmation to me that, you know, something, something was in there. I'm like, okay, so if this shop isn't going to help me in Minneapolis, this is kind of like the final straw. Um, I started buying books on like high magic, you know, like visualizations and archangels and like sigils. I was like, I need to somehow summon help from the other side because I don't know what's happening. So I just like started dipping a toe into that. And that was, you know, that felt right, you know, just like meditating more, visualizing. And then I learned the banishing ritual of the pentagram. And I don't think I had done it yet. Like I was still reading it. Like took a while to get into, obviously, like new mom, not really have time for books on magic. (laughs) And then another night uh, during 2020, I remember Whitney was home. I was at work in the emergency room and, she texted me and she said, I think something exploded in the house. I'm, I'm scared. I'm freaked out. The dogs are freaking out. And, you know, she said it felt or it sounded like a, a car crashed into the house. And that, obviously, she didn't think that actually happened because, uh, you know, you know, smell whatever, fire. But anyway, I thought maybe maybe something happened with the furnace or, you know, a pipe burst. And so I came home. Or uh, another thought was like, did a, did a big branch fall on top of the roof? And so I came home, went up in the attic, looked around the whole perimeter of the house. I mean, nothing was disturbed whatsoever. Uh, my husband's now off of paternity leave and he is back at work and he's working late at night. And I'm taking a shower, baby's asleep, like, oh, home, you know, by myself. My sister in law moved out at this point and I'm like, taking a shower, get out of the shower, put it on pajamas. And it sounded like 
a car crashed into my roof. The whole house shook. I like dropped to the ground because I thought something was coming at me. My dogs were shivering in a corner and I screamed because it was just like an, like an explosion or something. And it was so loud, it was like the loudest thing I'd ever heard. I get on the phone with my husband, I'm like, I don't wanna freak you out, but I think somebody, like the only thing I think of is like, somebody drove a car into the house. And he's like, what are you talking about? I was like, dude, the, the whole house shook. I don't know what the hell is going on. Dogs won't come with me. He's like, what do you mean the dogs won't come with me? I was like, I don't know, I can't go out there alone. And so I made him FaceTime with me. And I, there's nothing, nothing anywhere. I muster up enough courage to go outside, which I was absolutely terrified. I was absolutely terrified because now you're spooked that your, your neighbors aren't coming out of the house or like you think you hear sirens, like cop sirens or something or someone shouting, just anything. It was dead silent outside. And I, like, peek around the corner. I don't see anything. I go out to the front of the house. I don't see anything. I'm, like, I was in total disbelief. There's no way that something that shook the house and was that loud, there's nothing anywhere. Like, maybe, I don't, like, God, are the neighbors making meth and the house exploded? I have no idea. You know, it was just, like, nothing. That really freaked me out. And that was the moment, like, I can't wait for help. So I, like, learned the lesser banishing of the pentagram ritual, which essentially banishes all energy, like, out of your house. And then I invoked, like, 22 archangels, and I, like, sealed the whole house. I, like, pictured every scene, because I was, like, reading, like, picture every scene in your house with gold light. And I just remember doing it with, like, a bigger, like, stop, get out of my house. I'm not waiting for anybody, like, I'm done. And that was the last of it. And so it's been a while. But that doesn't mean that it's like sometimes I'm in a room and I was like, I think I scared whatever this is or it's frozen or something. And like I said, I don't know if it's the house or the land because we had a house, the house we lived with about two miles away. Weird stuff happened there too. Could be us. I have no idea. But also it's like I'd be outside and I'm like, ooh, this feels weird. You know, it's like I don't know the history of this region at all or anything. But So it's like sometimes, and it's mostly the presence is in her room. There's like her closet I can kind of feel. And that closet, she has a closet with the other room. She had closet doors on and there was always like this tapping, this tapping going on. And we'd be like, okay. And I'm like, there is no AC vent. There is nothing moving this. Like, what is this tapping? And I would just sit there staring at the doors, lights on, and it's just like tap. And it wasn't rhythmic. It was like every 10 seconds, okay, every five seconds, every three seconds, to the point where I like just took them off because I was tired of hearing it. I just took off the doors. I totally forgot about I sold the doors on Craigslist. I was like, get these doors out of here. They're driving me nuts. So that was something too and that was that has been happening until I took the doors off which was this fall I would even turn the air off in the house be like okay the air is not on anymore there's nothing that can be moving these doors and it would just be like tapping I know she had been doing some some rituals to help uh, you know protect the house and some and 
I think it's been a little while since anything happened, um, but we would also, another, another thing I remember is we'd hear stuff like tapping and um, just kind of disturbance sounds coming from our daughter's closet and you know you look in there and there's nothing nothing's moving there's nothing in there and so that's strange too but uh, it's been a while since we have noticed anything i'm not going to get my hopes up looking at this as i'm saying all this this cord on our coffee table is just moving on its own off the table so while conducting this portion of the phone interview you can hear lucas refer to an unusual occurrence that he witnessed just now on the phone with me He reported that in this moment, the phone charger cord began to slide off the coffee table he was sitting by. Oh, man. But, (laughs) you know, I'm not going to get my hopes up and and assume that everything's cool and whatever was here is gone because, uh, you know, that's how I felt when we moved in. Based on what I'd heard so far, it did appear that Whitney and Lucas were still having issues in their home and wanted to determine who or what could be haunting it. With all the testimony recorded, and knowing I wasn't going to really be able to conduct a preliminary walkthrough and more in-depth in-person interviews due to the city's COVID spike, I decided to proceed with further interrogation following each person's initial interview on the phone. What follows are my follow-up interviews gathering more details and specifics regarding this supposed haunting. Can you think back to, was there any activity prior to the birth of your daughter? Before the birth of my daughter, there was no activity, at least from what I can recall. But also, I mean, it was like right before we had her, like when we changed, you know, we painted the walls, moved furniture, took doors off, you know, but it was newly renovated. So it didn't feel like maybe we were doing too much, but who knows? So it it definitely started after, after having the baby. Were there any complications, any issues that you were having personally while you were pregnant, anything that was more stress on you in particular? I don't think my pregnancy was particularly stressful, but the labor and the birth was like pretty traumatic, I would say. The phantom smoke, a couple questions about that. Was that like cigarette smoke, pipe, tobacco, anything like specific? Cigarette smoke, like super astringent nicotine cigarette smoke. Did it smell like you just were smelling someone that smoked came in and you know how they just have a smell because they've been smoking? Or did it smell like actual someone was smoking in the room? It smelled like someone was smoking in the room. Is anybody else in the house a smoker? Did they smoke much at all? No. Crazy. At at nighttime or daytime? At night, like 3 a.m. You know, like 3 a.m. feeding and just like a bar. I mean, it was so wild. It is wild. Never again, though. It's only been the one time? No, yeah. Never never smelled the cigarette smoke ever again. Because it's very interesting. Yeah. Normally with phantom smells, that's, it's very common to smell them all throughout or through how many years. That's super interesting. Okay. Y'all started having bad dreams. Was that something that was from the beginning of moving in the house, or did it pick up at a certain time? We've had issues with that even in the last house. I think from the beginning, you know, when we moved in, it was like, oh, these bad dreams. And you're like, oh, God, what are we going through? You know, like, oh, I guess I just have bad dreams now. It's just a part of who I am. You know, it's not really seen as terribly paranormal. But when you start looking at the whole picture, you're like, oh, well, that's kind of weird, you know. Yeah. So now where we're at, is there anything more recent that you can pinpoint that's been kind of 
feeling uncomfortable or sounds or noises or, or sightings? No, there's been a couple times, but like to me, this is like just so um, minimal to like comparatively to the other stories, but um, there have been strange, like, like we're sitting in the office and then both lights go off. I'm like, um, okay. You know, and then I'll like check the breaker and I'm like, well, the breaker's fine. Going back in the room and the lights are back on. And then that, so that's happened in the office. So the office now is what Erica's room was. So where the face um, was in the closet. And then in my, my bathroom, like there's just been weird, like flickering, go to bed with it off and wake up with it on. It's happened once. So. so it seems pretty relatively calm right now. And the only area you still feel a little uncomfortable in is that closet area in the office? It, also in Ruby's room. I feel more uncomfortable with her closet than the office. I gained a few more insights after Whitney's follow-up interrogation, and now I was moving on to Lucas. You know, Whitney never told me about the previous house, so it's kind of I'm glad you did that because... She mentioned that she thought there was something, but nothing really significant. But you seem to have a, a feeling, I, I'm getting from your testimony, that you feel like this could potentially be the same presence or energy that you felt at the old home. Is that correct? Yeah, and she mentioned that to me, because um, I asked if she, if she talked about the old house at all. And she said, no, I think it's really about, uh, you know, since they'd be coming here potentially, and I was like, well, yeah, but, you know, this, to me, it feels connected and, and, and significant enough, especially since it's like the same type of thing, maybe. But to me, it definitely feels like the same kind of energy. Is there anything that has kind of made you think that that it's the same thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the feeling that I, I would get waking up in the middle of the night, you know, like, like you know, there's something else present. It, it feels the same. You know, that sort of feeling would wake me up at both houses. With Whitney's story, she felt like a lot of it calmed down and it calmed down quite a bit for a, a long time. Have you noticed any waves like that yourself? And if so, can you kind of point them out as far as like, was it months long? Was it was it year long? Or do you still, in your opinion, has it just been really consistent? Can you kind of talk to me about that sort of consistency? And then if there's been gaps, maybe there yeah. was something y'all did that might have caused those sort of dips? Um, I wish that I had, you know, maybe documented it more just to get a better idea. But if I had to just kind of go based on my gut feeling or, you know, estimations, I would say it was in, it's been intermittent. Um, you know, once it once it started um, in 2019, it would come and go in, you know, spans of like days, I would say. You know, a couple of days would feel weird, a couple of days would be fine, you know, uh, pretty consistent for that year. And then... You know, same thing, we moved here in December, and then, you know, maybe a couple weeks went by, and then it sort of started happening again, probably throughout 2020. Um, and then over the past year, 2021, I would say it was less frequently, like maybe every couple months, you know. You've had a collective amount of experiences over a, a pretty large amount of time. Out of all the things that have happened, is there anything that's sort of been one of the more ominous or more scary moments for you yeah well probably there's two i would say um so for different reasons the flies to me was definitely one of the most concerning things because it's you know i mean people would remark like what is going on when we have you know the parents came in town and they're like oh my god this is awful 
that was weird because it kind of defied any logic to me. You know, all this stuff, I guess, does. But, you know, you're like, okay, there's got to be a hole or something, you know, like that these flies are getting in. And, you know, scour the property looking for, like, a squirrel corpse or something. Um, and there's nothing. And why are they all congregating on the window? You know, dozens and dozens of them. Um, and they just were seemingly coming from nowhere. And that was weird. Obviously, you know, my daughter waking up screaming and, you know, having a, a pinch mark on her on her butt was that now you're now you're like stepping into I'm feeling kind of threatened or, you know, protect particularly protective. But, you know, that's something I've never felt before. I didn't like that. The, those are are those go beyond like, oh, man, I just feel spooky or, you know, I woke up and I feel you know, something to put in my stomach that I just can't explain. When things start manifesting in our physical realm is when I'm like, all right, this, you know, I, I don't know how to react or what to do to protect myself or my family. So th- those things I think are um, definitely up there when it comes to concerning instances. Yeah, thanks, man. And, and just so you know, just speaking man to man here, I wrestled with my belief in this too because of how it sh- shook in me a little bit when I've seen and witnessed certain things. I try to stay as level-headed as I possibly can, but we, our main goal with our team is to help families and help people, especially when children are involved. I'm not saying we're going to 100% solve the case, but we will always provide help. I mean, that's all anyone can ask for. You know, you think about the, the tools that you, or, you know, the resources that you that are available when, you know, you're, you, you have a issue with your plumbing or your your AC or you know anything you can think of. There's somewhere you can you can look up and say, hey, guy, this is going on. Can you help me? And someone will come out. But you know to have this kind of resource because you know I, I didn't even begin to think of like who can I reach out to that is legitimately going to help and not just like you know be some you know snake oil salesman that's like you need to you need to buy all these crystals or whatever. Regardless of the outcome, it's reassuring to know, like, okay, well, at least someone can come validate this stuff and and give me some some tools, you know, to to help deal with it, rather than just cross my fingers and you know close my eyes and hope it goes away. Right now, where are you at with your level of like urgency? Like, are things still going on, or has it been dormant for a while? Kind of tell me, give me the litmus test of what's been going on lately. Um, I think it's been probably a couple a couple weeks since anything has, has happened, but, you know, that's not to say that, you know, that's not, that's kind of how it went last year, you know, it was, it was intermittent. So who know? I don't know when, you know, when something's going to start happening again, or, you know, like I said, as I was talking to you, I just see this, this cord uh, on our, on the coffee table start sliding off on its own, you know? Yeah, I know. And it could be obviously the bad dreams, the bad feelings aren't great. But a lot of times I've been finding in our cases, just to give you a little bit of peace of mind, every single case we've been on with, even like I said, the most extreme case that we just we just finished, it's a spirit that needs something and they don't know how else to get attention sometimes. So not all the time is it something awful or evil. Sometimes it's just a spirit that's really lost. They're stuck in a cycle of negative emotion. So you're going to feel that. When they get desperate, they notice that you notice. But the notice is like, wow, threw something off the shelf. Yeah, I noticed that. But did you did you do anything to help the spirit? No, right? Because you don't know how to do that, right? So right. they're going to go and go until they get 
more attention. So they're going to like, well, I'm going to have to go and try to mess with the daughter, you know? And so sometimes if you think about it, someone that can't communicate, they're doing everything they're trying to do and they shouldn't do that, but they don't have any other means. They're starting to notice someone can notice and they just, they're trying to communicate. And so a lot of times I wouldn't recommend doing it without us going in there and guiding you, but you just got to figure out how to ask them, you know, what is it you want me to know? You know, you, you cannot, this is not your house. You cannot mess with my family, but I'm willing to listen to you. Um, but I'm setting up my boundaries for listening to you. Sure. Have you seen anything ever in an apparition style or some sort of visual that might represent what this thing is to you? I don't think so. If I did this, this particular energy, no, I don't, I don't think so. That's good. I just want to make sure. And then in the house, nothing like shadow figures, no, nothing like that. Nothing out of the corner of your eye. You're mostly just hearing things and seeing how it's moved. Okay, well, when you when you say it like that, yeah, I mean, uh, that there's definitely been um, some of that, and I personally ch- always had chalked that up to being like I am making myself see that because I'm scared. But um, yeah, I've definitely seen stuff out of the corner of my eye or like describe that to me. Can you tell me some instances if you can recall, and then like as much detail as you can. What did you see and what did you experience? You know, just a, sh- a shadowy figure, you know, a couple times, either if I was just by myself and kind of feeling freaked out, or if I was going to, like, investigate, you know, a sound or hearing the dogs growling or whatever. I wouldn't even describe it as a shadow because it wasn't on something. It was like a shadow if you pulled it off the wall, if that makes sense, which sounds terrifying. Um well, that's the, yeah, that's that's the way you, usually shadow imagery is. Um, yeah. So like a is, cloud, I guess. I mean, no, no shape like a human or nothing. Just kind of. Um, no, it was definitely it was definitely humanoid. Okay, is there another thing I didn't really ask you? Do you think it's like concentrated in a specific spot in the house or in multiple mm. spots? No, I mean the only consistent stuff because uh, I, you know, we. Things have happened in the kitchen, in the office, uh, in Erica, the room that Erica's sleeping in, and our daughter's room. Um, and then I guess in our, you know, I can't really think of anything happening in our Winnie and, and, I, and my bedroom um, other than me just, you know, waking up feeling spooked. But as far as like sounds and that sort of stuff, I, I think it's pretty much all throughout the house. And lastly, just this is a, a broad question do you feel it's one thing that's doing everything or have you always felt confused and think it's like could be multiple things and and of that thing if you think it's one thing you have a sense of male or female just in your gut Hmm. Uh, i can say for sure that the thought or feeling of multiple entities or multiple things has never crossed my mind and it doesn't resonate with me uh definitely seems Everything that I would describe, I would say, is a singular entity. Um, I couldn't tell you though that uh, I would be guessing if I if I uh, said male or female. So I do. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Next up was Erica, Whitney's sister, who at this point had the only physical sighting reported: the face in the closet. Now I want to dive into a little bit of questioning, if you don't mind. It's rare to have a sighting, and I think you're the only one that has possibly seen something connected to what everybody feels. And 
might be attributing to these poltergeist kind of activities where things are being thrown. You weren't around when the shelf thing fell or nothing like that? No, I remember them telling me, though. Okay. Um, but I don't know if I was there. I was working quite a bit, so. Sure. The other thing I wanted to kind of go back to is, so that, that moment when you saw the face that you think was a face, possibly, was there any, and this can be whether you might clearly know the answer to this or this might be a gut intuition, did you get a sense of what the face belonged to? Male, female, child? No, I didn't get a feeling. I was kind of thrown off because, in a way, it looks like a mask. Um, so it kind of looks like whatever or whoever it was was kind of like also hiding behind something. So I couldn't quite tell, you know, what was behind there. In relation to these feelings of being watched, like you're not alone when you're, even when you're alone in the house. Any attribution to that as well? Do you feel that person's being male or female, or, or it's completely neutral and you have no clue? I feel like I would lean more towards a male. Was there a place that you felt more concentrated, uncomfortable, uneasiness? You know, kind of depend on where I was. Like certain times, I feel like at night, it's kind of the back of the house where the rooms are. I feel a little bit more uneasy and like uncomfortable. But then during the day, I can find myself feeling just as uncomfortable, like in the living room and kitchen area. Um, so it kind of flip-flops in between. Lastly was Abby. I felt pretty unsettled. I don't know that I, I don't know that I thought it wasn't like an ominous, a, a dark presence, but I wasn't really getting the vibe that it was like a jolly <laughs> benevolent spirit or anything. I, I don't know. I just felt very uh, like on edge. Something that, that takes place in a more physical manifestation, like, like moving an object and with such force didn't really um, give me like a, you know, that seems to be saying something important or it's like a, it's a bigger alert to me than maybe like seeing something out of the corner of your eye or something. Obviously you kind of already clarified this because you felt that it was not jolly, but it wasn't evil. So it's kind of like right in the middle, right? Um, mm -hmm. Is what you felt. Did you get a sense of anything about the presence itself? Did you get a sense of gender, like male, female presence feeling? Did you have mm -hmm. any of those gut feelings? I guess I hadn't thought about that, but I, I would, venture to guess that it was a male presence. Um, I guess maybe the word I was looking for would be like aggressive. Like, I don't know, somebody knocking things over, like when they're angry would be kind of the vibe that I was sort of getting from that. Didn't feel, yeah, I just felt a little bit uh, on edge, uncomfortable. I think I moved out in like the end of May and I don't think about that a whole lot I guess what is interesting to to think about for myself that what I experienced uh, didn't come to any other senses like sight or smell or hearing um, voices but um, 
that physical manifestation of the that box flying off of the bookshelf and of the guitar case being physically, you know, tipped over. Kind of weird to think about. Um, I'm not sure why those experiences manifest in that way for me. That seems to be the common thread that I can think of when I think back about other instances in my life. I probably would have been more bothered by it if I continued to stay there, but I think because I was like on to the next step of my journey, I was just like, I'm glad this is over. So I desperately learned, you know, the lesser banishing of the pentagram ritual to like summon every angel, every archangel and like get the hell out of my space. I don't know. It's like, it still might be here. It's still just like kind of hanging out. I don't know if it feels bad and it's, it doesn't feel necessarily, I don't know, malicious or, or mean or anything. But I mean, it seems ballsy to do stuff during the day or like really crazy things like shaking my whole house. I was like, is that a poltergeist thing? I haven't even done any research because it's like, I feel like even talking about it kind of brings energy to it a little bit and you kind of like start looking behind your shoulder a little bit more and you're like, oh man, that's right. All that stuff happened here. I've been trying to just move beyond it. But ultimately it's like, I love this house and I love this neighborhood and I don't know, I I would prefer, you know, I feel so sad when I think about how we've lost so much ceremony in the afterlife with family, you know, we don't, there really isn't a process anymore, there isn't a celebration, and I can't imagine how many just chunks of people's afterlife are hanging out, and I think it would be great to get to know it and, and kind of help it move on and reclaim my closet, because I have to go in my daughter's room every day. I have to lay there with her in the dark and desperately try not to think of what might be just kind of sad and moping and hanging out, you know? So, yeah, that's that's my story, and that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm no expert at this stuff. I, like I said, I have an open mind, and, you know, I, I would say I don't feel like it's anything evil. Uh, it, it feels... You know, I don't feel like in danger by any means. I don't feel like an evil presence. It makes me feel uneasy uh, and spooked, but it doesn't feel uh, evil, you know, just kind of maybe mischievous. You know, I often kind of wonder, like, is it the house or is it something that, you know, Whitney and Luke are bringing to the table or you know is there some sort of thing in their house that has something attached to it because i just find it a little weird that you know stuff happened in their previous house and then now in their new house that they just bought it kind of continued it didn't really feel like it ended anywhere following these initial interviews my investigator brain was already working I knew I wanted to try to help Lucas and Whitney gain some insight into what might be the source of these supposed paranormal experiences. I also wasn't certain that whatever was there was tied specifically to that house. But I wouldn't be able to help much further until I could get there and investigate the home thoroughly with my team. So I made some calls and got Sarah and Alexis on board to join me on yet another paranormal adventure. Join us as this adventure continues on May 29th, where we'll visit Whitney and Lucas's house for the first time and investigate with my full team, including Alexis, Sarah, and Franklin. 
Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter on our website, thenightowlpodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook at The Night Owl Podcast. And consider becoming a patron and supporting our show on Patreon at patreon.com slash thenightowlpodcast. I'd like to thank my investigative team, Sarah, Alexis, Franklin, for going on these crazy adventures with me. Nicholas Fair for his talented musical contributions to this show. My dad, Sam, for his incredible historical research. Bo for helping produce this busy indie show. Mikey for his assistance editing this particular episode. Sandra for keeping us all on schedule and on budget. And last but not least, David Dalton of Driftwork Sound for mastering every single episode on the tight turnarounds I give him. Please support their works by visiting our website, thenightowlpodcast.com, and clicking on the About tab. There you can find links to all their individual works and websites. This podcast was mastered by David Dalton of Driftwork Sound. Do you have a song that could use a professional touch to get it across the finish line? Do you wish you could remove the sound of a loud air conditioner or distracting mouth noises from your podcast recording? Whatever your issue, David can repair and enhance your audio and help you achieve rich, full, professional sound at industry standard loudness levels. Quit struggling with audio engineering and get back to creating. To discuss your options, reach out to David at driftworksound.com. That's D-R-I-F-T, worksound.com, and set your creative self free.